So, hi guys, welcome to uh, the MMA UK BJJ show. Uh, tonight, obviously, a special guest tonight is Chris Thompson. Okay, Chris Thompson, aka Mr. Grapple Fest. Um, so, uh, gonna have a chat with Chris, obviously, about his own jiu jitsu um, kind of career, obviously, how he got started, and talking obviously a bit about Grapple Fest, as I said, uh, it's kind of the topic at the moment. Uh, everybody's wanting to get back competing as soon as possible. So so obviously I'll be keen to hear obviously what uh, Chris's thoughts going forward are going to be. So Chris, thank you very much, brother. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Yeah, great to be here, mate. Great to be here. How you been? Uh, obviously with the lockdown and stuff like that. It's not so bad for me um, where I am. I'm over in Spain, Anna, at the moment these days. So um, we've had the gyms open since I think it was June, July, uh, something like that. We had like three months real heavy lockdown, couldn't go out the house. Um, it got to the end of May that eased off and then they let the gyms sort of get back. Um, I'm sure it was about June time, but I had a knee operation then. I decided, well, we had this, this time. I got my meniscus uh, sorted out, which had been yeah. bothering me for a couple of years. So got that done and dusted. So I was sort of back properly training sort of around um, end of July, August time. Um, and then basically as long as you're a federated athlete, because you have a federation over here, it's a national government body, proper yeah. federation. As long as you're a federated athlete, you were training, you were allowed to train. The gyms have been okay. It's, it's a temperature check. You know, as soon as you walk through the door, everyone's got to have one every class. Things like anyone shows any symptoms, anything. But to be fair, we haven't had any issues at all. We've had no issues at all. A couple of people have shown symptoms. They've stayed off for 14 days. They've been okay. But um, everyone's pretty, you know, healthy and, and fine. The cases are quite low. Where I am in Malaga is pretty low. So, yeah, we've been really lucky compared to some of the guys I know in the UK who've just had an absolute nightmare and, you know, still are continuing to have a nightmare. So, you yeah. know, I, feel, I feel a bit for you guys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been... It's been a horrible situation. Obviously, it's something that none of us have ever seen before. I mean, it's uh, it's a bit different when it's things like you can control, like things like you no, know, a lot of gyms if there's ringworm or staph infection, and you can control that and kind of monitor that. But obviously, COVID unfortunately is one of these things that yeah, it's out out with our control. No. Yeah, and I think I think what you said there is not just for for, you know, grappling and BJJ for everyone. We've never seen anything like this, you know, ever before in our lives, have we? And, you know, I'm, I'm 46 <laughs> years old and I have never seen anything like this. I've never had a lockdown, never been stopped, you know, travelling or anything. It's, 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 it's an unprecedented situation for us, isn't it? Yeah, so. definitely, definitely. Uh, obviously, so you're obviously over in Malaga, so got a bit of training. So obviously you mentioned about your meniscus, obviously got that done, um, obviously whilst, everybody else has been off. So, I mean, how, how's the meniscus now? How's everything training? Oh, it was perfect, yeah. I had to, um, they were going to try and see if they could uh, suture it and, and save it, but I think it was that bad. I'd left it that long. It was stupid, really. He just had to remove, basically, after there was a picture of it, I put up online, which was pretty bad. <laughs> People were laughing at it. Um, so they just took it out. So I was back on the mats in about five weeks, and then within about eight weeks, it was pretty much. And now, compared to the last couple of years, the way I can move and roll, and then I can, you know, I, I can do it. The biggest thing I've noticed is be able to get back to wrestling from standing up because I've, I've virtually had no confidence in my knee for a couple of years. 
yeah. uh, when we were doing stand-up. So I'm back to being able to stand up and stuff. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty pleased that I got it done. Um, just maybe I might need me other one doing in about six months. <laughs> That's the way it is, isn't it? <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I've noticed that a lot. I mean, uh, a lot of guys in my gym and guys in other gyms and stuff like that are obviously using the lockdown to get things sorted. So whether it be knee issues or whatever issues they're having, they're obviously using this time productively. So. Hundred percent. I did that, and I was, you know, I just stayed on the weights pro. I stayed doing weights every. Every single day, within two days of coming out of the hospital, I was on the weight training. I kept that up during lockdown as well. When we were when we were completely locked down, I kept weight training all the time. I thought I'm going to stay as strong as I can and, and get going. I put a few kilos on, but I think everyone did in, <laughs> in that time period. But uh, I feel I'm feeling good now. Actually, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling like I did a few years ago when I was thought that I was wrapping it in sort of the best. And a couple of years back, I was really struggling with my knee and a back problem and a neck problem. But uh, the, the time off for real competitive and, and you know really and training to compete. I think it's done me actually done me a lot of good. So got to take some positives out of it, haven't we? Definitely, definitely. So so in regards to obviously your journey then, so when did your journey into jiu-jitsu begin? So how did it all start for you, Chris? In jiu-jitsu, it was 2006, January 2006 I started. Um, I was actually living over here then at the time. Um, I'd Bit more sort of time on my hands. I was, I was, there was a gym I used to go to, doing some weight training, stuff like that. And I had a back room and I had some mats in it and things. And a couple of times I just flopped with people rolling around and I'm looking, I'm going, that's the stuff you do in the UFC, isn't it? Cause I was watching it when we were in, um, back in the day when he's he going bravo on like a Sunday night and once a month he used to see it, didn't he? Something like that. Yeah. I used to watch them. Uh, Saturday night want to be on a Sunday, wouldn't it? And I was getting quite into it, you know what I mean? I'd watched it a bit and I'd seen events here and there. And I, I was a bit of a fan, you know, watching stuff. And I just thought, you know what, I'll have a little, I'll have a little crack at that. And that was it. I just started in the January 2006. Um, and that was it. I just got hooked straight away. A usual sketch. No one took it easy on you. You got beaten up, did this. And I'd had a go. I'd done boxing and a bit of wrestling as a kid. And, I, you know, I could look after myself. And I just got schooled. And I was like, I was, I was the guy who was like, yeah, yeah, I've got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got hooked by it really, to be honest. I loved it. Definitely. And what, training. Yeah. <laughs> and what was your first initial thoughts? Because as in, a lot of grapplers, a lot of jujitsu guys, especially that I speak to, uh, when they say their first class was was alien to them because going in and being inside another man's guard, like that close and stuff like that. So, I mean, what was your thoughts <laughs> on your first class? It wasn't too, like I said, I played a lot of rugby when I was a kid as well. Um, so the contact thing and the and the, the stood up wrestling thing was and shooting double leg that was quite you know it was, it was something that I'm familiar with really you know that wasn't too bad the guard thing I got my head around it because I'd seen watched the I'd watched the uh, UFC and, and MMA and things like that so I sort of got I got what they were trying to do I knew what an armbar was and the triangle stuff I just didn't know how to do them do you know what I mean so I, I yeah. had a rough idea like I think a few people do that these days don't they they watch the MMA so. <laughs> and they're familiar with it, and these days the commentators are right up there. They're you know they're talking about armbars, triangles. People know what they are, don't they? Yeah. But back then, a lot of yeah. people didn't know what was going on. Uh, but it's really weird. Yeah, <laughs> so, definitely. Yeah. It was. Um, yeah, it was. It, 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 I got. I thought because I sort of knew what was going on, I was okay with it. Yeah. Nice, nice. And then, <laughs> but I know what you mean. <laughs> it is. I mean, I remember. I remember me first starting, and I remember being that close and sweating on each other and being like, oh my God, this is horrible. Um, and then 
But obviously, it's that thing. I mean, we know what we're doing. We, everybody that's ever seen UFCs or even watched things like Grapple Fest or Polaris or anything that anybody's watched, they'll, they'll have a real idea. So they know what to expect. But as I said, my first class, I was like, oh, my God, this is... Uh, yeah, this is a bit close. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, go by, go by it. So, yeah, I've seen, I've, seen a, I've seen a few people get put off. You know what I mean? There is a few people who just like it's just not for me. Yeah. And- Leading to it, you know, it's, it's, it's fair enough. Not for everyone, is it? No, for no. <laughs> <laughs> so, 2006 then. So, were you obviously you were training at that point? So, were you training at a specific gym, or you mentioned obviously the, the, the kind of back room and stuff like that? So, were you under anybody at that point? Not particularly, no. Um, I was going there, there's uh, a place in my in Marbella. Um, I was going down. There. Then there was another place near where I lived, which was about a bit further down the road. I was going to a couple of places and just sort of training. And I was mainly doing just no geek. You know, I, I sort of started doing the no geek because I wanted to do. The idea was, oh, I'll try and fight some MMA and stuff like that. Um, I didn't really do much in the gi. Um, after I've been training for about six months or something like that, I think I did a, a little bit in the gi, and then uh, you know, I had a few go at classes. But it was more just to get some more grappling in, really. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was. It, I wasn't really under anyone. I was floating around, doing some bits. Me mate was doing some boxing, doing some pads, and I was just sort of like, trying to put it all together, really. Sort of, uh, yeah. Know, see if see if I could have a go at it. I mean, I was like, I think I was thirty-one when I started, or something like that. Maybe thirty or thirty-one, something like that. Uh, so I had no aspirations of being a you know a, a world champion, adult world champion, or anything like that. But I, I wanted to, I wanted to get good at it. And like I said, I, yeah. I'd done a lot of contact and combat sports, so I was. Uh, I picked it up quite quite quickly, but I wasn't. You see, some guys come in now, and the, and the technical level of them in, in year two years phenomenal, isn't it? Back then, I think I was just like pretty tough and strong, and I could, you know, I, I was just dedicated. I just trained every day. Yeah, I, I trained five six days a week, and I still do. Mm-hmm. I always have, really, um, unless I've had injuries. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, when you first got affiliated with someone then so who was who was the first gym then you would have been affiliated on because i know that you are with asw just now so, so yeah i'm with asw yeah I, I mean i've known darren and trained with darren since sort of when i came back to the uk 2008 so i've known him for a long long time yeah um and then i was mainly I used to fight the mma out the coliseum we were based in the same gym asw and the coliseum was based in the same gym mm-hmm. we had um Sunday, Monday and Wednesday and I think they did they did some daytimes and they sort of Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday and things like that. So we sort of split the night times with them. Uh, but I did the odd session, I used to go go and do the sessions with them as well. And like I said, I, I had a few MMA fights. Um I you know, enjoyed those, but they were never there was nothing high level, nothing there. It was more just getting in and having a go and it's just something I wanted to do for myself really. It wasn't a the be all and end all. And then I think it got to about I had a bit of a lull. I stopped, I stopped doing the MMA in about 2011. Um, and I had a bit of a lull. I had a, I had a, my neck was in a bit of in a bad way. I've had it spin on and off over the years, but I managed to get it on top of it these days. Um, and I had a bit of a lull where I was only sort of going and sparring once or twice a week and things like that. I wasn't really learning anything. I think it's 2012 or 2013. I thought, I'm going to give the gear a little go now. You know, It was more just a, you know, something to do, something to aim for, try and you know, go for the belt. So I actually got a blue belt in 2000. 2008 
And I think they just gave me one because I was like king of the white belt to beat them up. <laughs> you know, doing that for the game. They got a sympathy blue belt. I didn't really do much in the game. Um, but I never wore it again from like 2008 to 2012 or something like that. So yep. I went back and started doing the gear, and I did a bit with a guy called Lucio Sergio, a Brazilian, he's really good. Um, yeah, so which you're a top guy, team, top yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, he's, you know, we, we, we ended up splitting up, we didn't, didn't get to the eye to eye in the end, but it was, you know, one of those things where it sort of happens, doesn't it? Um, yeah. So I went doing some gear with him, and I ended up getting a, a, a purple belt. So like I say, by this time I'd been, time I went back in the gear, I'd been training over six years something like that so I could grapple but I didn't know collar chokes and bow and arrows and all this sort of stuff I had to learn that sort of thing um, and I went back there he gave me a purple belt in 2014 I think it was so I probably went back to 2013 maybe I think it was, was it 2014 or was it 2013 I'm not sure I know it was a blue belt for about five and a half years something like that um, and I got a purple belt off him then and then I started competing because I didn't really want to compete at blue belt because I just thought everyone would think I was a really bad sandbagger because I've been training for so long. So I waited till I went to the Purple Belt. And then uh, I had a bit of a nightmare, actually, in my first few matches because I didn't understand the point system. I was just all I knew was submission grappling, really, and don't sub. So I think I lost about the first four or five matches or something. They were all close, you know, and I don't think I got tapped out or anything like that. But yeah. I was, I'd be winning like 4 0, not even knowing I was winning 4 0, and then end up losing like 5 4 and stuff like that. I got swept in the last minute. And, didn't even yeah. understand what had happened, you know what I mean? Because I was trying to jump on the leg or yeah. something and they came to the top and I lost. So I had to get me around the point system and things like that. And then I had to go crack at some of the IBGF tournaments. Um, did okay at Purple Belt, won the Euro uh, in the Masters, obviously, won the uh, Europeans in the Gi, won the Europeans no Gi. Uh, I got silver in the World Masters um, and silver in the World no Gi as well at Purple Belt. In December, that was 2015, was it? Yeah, 2015, and then I ended up getting promoted to brown belt at the end of 2015. Um, yeah, did the same again at brown belt. Had a crack at all the comps. Did the Europeans at brown belt like about I think about two or three weeks after I got promoted in the uh, December, in the January, got silver in that, um, and then I won the World Masters 2016 after I'd just been at brown belt for about seven or eight months. I think I've seen you over there actually. Yeah, I think I, I, um, I, think I bumped, I bumped to you a couple yeah, of times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 it just hit me back then. I thought, oh, I was speaking to you in the crowd in Vegas, weren't we, in the stand? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I won the uh, won the World Masters there, which is pretty good. I was pretty chuffed for that one. I was pretty, that was pretty hard. I, only, I think I had four fights. But, oh, my God, the next day I couldn't even move. I think you just put that much effort into it. And I trained like a lunatic for yeah. it, you know, so I was, so, I was really fit. Yeah, I won that. Um, and the World No Gi that year, oh, I ended up losing the semi-final and the weight class and the, and the absolute. But, oh, you like, by an advantage on both of them, so I was, like, fuming with that. Um, ended up getting the uh, double bronze, double bronze in that. But I won the Pan Ams, won the Pan Ams as well, um, No Gi Pan Ams. So I did okay, did okay through the belts. Obviously in the masses, I'm not, you know, sorting out, you know, I'm really supported then. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, but you know yourself, don't you? The, the big, those big IBGF masters comes, they're no joke. I mean, like when I won that World Masters, there was like 32 people in the division, do you know what I mean? It wasn't like yeah. a, it wasn't like a little, and some of the guys, you look at the bullpen and I'm thinking, these guys are jacked, they're hard, especially Americans and Brazilians. Yeah, I mean, especially over in Vegas. Tough, you know, I know it's not, I know it's not, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely, uh, it's huge, it's huge. 
Yeah, I think purple though when I got silver, I think I had over forty odd in my division. It was, you know, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, now I remember Vegas. I mean, I remember going over there, and I remember in the UK. The people I was fighting was um, maybe a judo black belt, or they maybe done a little bit of grappling, no gear, whatever. And then I went to Vegas, and it was the first time I I, I really seen like proper wrestling. Um, and I'd obviously I'd seen it on the television and things like that, yeah. but actually being on the mat, and the, the guy, I, the, the, one of the guys I fought was uh, he'd been a wrestler ever since high school. Um, obviously same age as me, he was forty year old. But he'd never stopped wrestling, and he'd only just started yeah. doing jujitsu. So, yeah, I ran into well, that guy in the purple belt when I got the um, silver, and uh, I took everyone down. So some of the wrestling's not bad. I took everyone down to him down. I ran into this guy. I can't remember his name now. And uh, we're in the final, and he took me down right at the start and got two points. I was like, oh shit! And then I'm nearly. I, I end up with like, I don't know, a couple of advantages or three advantages or something like that. From just trying to get back to the top, and he was just yeah. basically pinning me in half guard. I got him up, got up to the feet a couple of times, got turned, it was like that. And then I found out later he'd won like the, he was, I don't think it was NCAA, but it was like, I think Division Two or something like yeah. that, wrestling, you know, and he added me on Facebook and stuff. And I thought, these guys have got such a head start, and I was on the, you know, they've been doing this since they were like six years old, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, they were cool. But it's good, it, 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 good, isn't it? It's good competition. It's good competition. Enjoy it. It, is, it definitely is. I mean, that's something that, I mean, that's something that, that that should be introduced over here for school kids. I mean, obviously in America and other countries yeah. as well. I mean, they're training wrestling or they're training some kind of combat sport. Um, and they're actually yeah, doing big competitions. Yeah. So, recently, it's, recently, so you know, you're only going back a hundred years or so. And we were, you know, some of the best in the world wrestlers were from here, especially the old catch wrestling and things like that. Um, you know, the, the, folk, the folk style comes out of it, the freestyle, and we were guys sending people over to America when we could teach them. And you know, the Russians were huge, weren't they? It's been in India forever, you know, it's been around forever, hasn't it? And it, uh, it just phased everything out. You can't do the concept football these days, can you? And Russia's getting phased out, so yeah, it's up, to, it's up to the parents, isn't it, these days to take the kids really to. To stop out of school, isn't it? Because the schools have just turned into a, just an absolute joke, haven't they? Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. I think we're on the same page there. <laughs> I mean, it's good as well. I mean, I, I do enjoy when I used to go take my son to the kids' competitions and you'd see all the kids there. And the, ki- the kids were, some of the kids were crazy, absolute brilliant. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Technical yeah, and things like that. And, yeah. And then, and seeing them, some of these kids are now adults and they're doing absolutely fantastic in adult divisions and things like that. So, um, unbelievable. Certainly jiu-jitsu anyway. I think, I think the wave's starting to come through, isn't it? There was, there was a couple of them, you know, obviously I think those guys like Bradley Hill wasn't in there and a few that, you know, that were sort of coming through and they've got the Black Belts young, you know, a few of those guys, isn't there? But I think we're on to like the, the real first wave of kids will be, you know, they'll come start coming through. Some of them are getting to blue belt now, aren't they? Yeah. I think there'll be a real push in about five years when they start coming through. And hopefully we'll produce some good adults, you know. It'd be nice it'd be nice just to I don't think apart from Fion, I don't really think we've, you know, got you know, in the IBGF, in the G that sort of thing with people who are meddling and, and, and hitting. I don't think we've had a we've not had a male black belt, have we? Um I don't think we've had one medal, have we? I don't think in, 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 uh, in, in the adults, yeah. I don't think. I don't, I don't think so yet. We've had plenty of masters, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. I don't think we have, no. I might, I might be wrong, I might be wrong. Yeah. But um, but again, going on to that, I think the submission grappling scene in the UK, I think that's really, really 
it, it's starting to, to push the floor, isn't it? I think a lot of people are starting to enjoy that a lot more than, than the restriction. But with the IBGF bringing Helux back in and, and making things a little bit more freer yeah. in the adult divisions, I think we'll see a few people sort of uh, start to go for things like that. You know, I remember yeah. to Ross Nichols you know, a year or so ago and he was saying, you know, start doing that and we start entering a few tournaments and things. So I think some of our top guys will, uh, you know, start doing like that. I think if you're the likes of Ash Williams and people will start looking at it and, you know, and start thinking, well, you know, I can, uh, I can make a bit more of it, even though they're making their name themselves already on the pro circuit. But, uh, it's nice to get those wins, and it's nice if you could say you're a world champion one day. Yeah, yeah. I think Ash as well. Ash has uh, got his mindset on ADCC, so I think he's. Uh, um, I don't know, but will he... I don't blame. Yeah. That's, that's the one for me. That's the one for me. You know, yeah. I think that's the competition for me. It's uh, they can call it the Olympics. I know they say it's the Olympics of grappling. I'm not too keen on that sort of money, but I just think it's a standout alone for me. It's always been the best, the best show, and. I think it always was for all the Brazilians and everything. It's only since Gordon started willing, winning it that the Brazilians sort of started backstepping and saying, oh, no, no, the IBGF is better. But, uh, but yeah, I think for me, it, it, it's, the, uh, it's the number one. It's the premier event. The best rule set for tournament, I think it, it's, it's the most free and, and it gives you time to work. I love the fact you had the first half of the match is completely free and you can just go for anything you want. Then the second half, you can't get that submission. You know, it's a game on, you can play a points game. So, there's something there for everyone, isn't there? And I like yeah. the way they wrestle a bit more at the start as well. I do, you know, I do enjoy that a bit more. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's going to be a good show. 2020. Yeah. Uh, 2022, sorry, they've moved it to. should have been this year, shouldn't it? And obviously with the, with the pandemic and stuff, they've, they've moved it on. I think it's going to be in September, I think, 2022. Yeah. In, uh, yeah, definitely want to look out for because obviously, obviously there's quite a few British guys um, looking to go in. I know that Ash is starting to do some of the training courses because he was he was quite big on that when I spoke to him. He said about getting all the black belts together to all train together and make each other yeah. that much better. I don't, I don't, can't see how that's not going to help anybody. It's just you know it's the best way to do it. Big open mats. He's, he's split the weight, and I understand why he's done it. He's on under seventy guys, hasn't he? And so for his division, he's you know he's, he's doing it you know to help himself and help that. But at the same time, he's bringing people together, so it's a great idea. It's a, it's a great. I've always been a big fan of open mats and, and training. I've never been to this closed thing. I think you know I think it's a good thing to do. And I think yeah. the heavier guys are doing it. I think it was an under ninety kilo one and then an open one or something. There's a few goals. I don't even know if they got kicked off or whatever. But I know Ash did his. It looked like it's huge. We've heard about a hundred people down there. Yeah, I've yeah, noticed yeah. in the group he was he's, he's set up the second one, hasn't he? I think yeah. For um, in June, uh, you know, after the when they lift the restrictions in June, I know he's got Fion Davis coming over to do a guest spot there. So fair play to him. So I hope they all absolutely smash it. Yeah, to see them, um, you know, doing it. I've got Tom Halpin over here, who's in the last ABCC at the moment. He's training with us in Spain because obviously there's no training in Ireland. He's been over here for a few months mm-hmm. now. Went back, I think, went back at Christmas and then came back. And because uh, obviously he's in Ireland, he can travel. He's not, not, uh, he's not stuck in the UK. So he's been over here. He's the same. They want the ABCC. They want to get that, you know, get that going again. It's, I think that's what everyone's aiming for. Yeah. And I think Europe will do, will do well this year. I think we'll do well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw that with uh, the, the Polaris squad when they had, uh, they had the UK versus Europe and the European team came and absolutely ran riot, did absolutely brilliant. Um, and you kind of seen that. So obviously the, the guys from the air and then obviously you're bringing in some of the UK guys and then going to the ADCC, 
it can only be good, definitely good, certainly yeah, for us anyway. Yeah. I actually enjoyed the Nogi event he did, even though there was less submissions. I thought the matches were, were a lot better. <laughs> uh, I thought the Gi one, it was a little bit, the, the you know, the, the UK team wasn't quite the level the European team was. It was a lot more exciting for the fans. Yeah. Uh, for, you know, for some of the fans, there was more submissions, but I thought there was a, there was a few mismatches in there. Whereas the, the Nogi one, I thought that was really, really good. And, and I know people say, well, there wasn't many subs, but for as a fan of a grappling, I, I, I thought the actual standard of the grappling was amazing. Uh, I thought it was really good. So, yeah, I think they're onto a good thing there with the squad one. I speak to the players guys a lot. We speak about dates and so we don't clash with people and stuff like that. They're good guys and, you know, wish them all the best. And I think yeah. they're going with the uh, squads one again. I think they're doing a UK, UK, the USA one, aren't they? Which is um, July the 17th, something like that. So, yeah, yeah good luck to them. Decided yeah. on a format and sticking to it. And it's a pretty good format, to be honest. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it looked good. It definitely looked good. As I say, the, the first one I got to see was obviously the last one, which was the, the Gi one. Um, and, I mean, it was good. I mean, I just thought, obviously, like, I mean, the UK, we were right in the middle of a lockdown at that point. Obviously, the European guys got to train a bit more. But the UK guys, as I say, the, yeah. how much training they actually got and yeah, who they were able to train with, I, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, as I say, that it was a good event, really, really good event. So. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's, you know, even when, even if you haven't got loads of high-level partners, if you've got loads of different guys, you can still train. But with the lockdown being on, I think people were on very limited training. I know yeah. I know there was a couple of people said I literally had like two yeah. training. Just, you know, they weren't, they weren't sharp, they weren't match fit. So it's a tough one, but they still put on a show. Still put on a show. They got paid. They won't have done the careers any harm. They put in high-level grappling you know, events. Yeah. The good thing about grappling is that you can um, you can lose matches, you can get submitted. It's not like boxing or things like that. Your career's over if you lose, and and that and that, you know that that makes for a lot of mismatches and promoters giving people easy wins. And in grappling, people want to see the best guys fight each other, and if you lose and then you go in your next match and you win, it's forgotten about anyways. And I've had plenty of losses, you know what I mean? I've had days where I've just felt like shit, days where I've made mistakes. I've you know I've, I've got one where I just slipped once when I went to the takedown, slipped over. Over and end up getting choked out, and I'm like, well, it is what it is. Isn't it? Just gotta, yeah. I've, I've won a lot more than I've lost, and if you lose, you know, it's part of the game. You've got to swallow it. De- definitely. Like Def- it, it is what it is. Yeah, definitely. And then for you, then, so obviously, you, you've got your purple belt, you've got your brown belt. So, your black belt, when did that come for you, then, Chris? Yeah, I got my black belt. I opened my own gym uh, 2017. Um, and I got my black belt on uh, June the 18th in 2018. Um, came up with Mauricio Gomez, but it was sort of through uh, Ben Poppleton. I was affiliated with Ben, with Gordo. And um, he basically just said to me, got it said the meeting, it was me and my coach, Darren, who's been training 30 years now, over, just over 30 years in everything as well. He's just an unbelievable grappler. And he was still on a brown belt because he just basically hadn't bothered to grade ever. He was a he got a blue belt of post Gracie in 1999, and then just basically hadn't you know got uh, Colin Robson and sorted him out with a couple of belts near the end. But he just never bothered grade, and he was a high level judo black belt can do everything. And Ben basically sort of said he goes, "Listen, I brought Mauricio along. We didn't know this was happening. He said he's going to do the seminars. We didn't know what's happening." He came up and. And afterwards, he explains to me, he goes, I didn't want to give you your black belt because, you know, it's up to Darren. Uh, he said, because, you know, you've been training longer than me and you're above me and you're I didn't want to do it. 
And so he brought Mauricio into it, which is pretty cool. So it's you know it's uh, it's not a bad guy to get your um, get off. I've kept a good relationship with Mauricio ever since. Um, I sort of obviously knew him before as well. Uh, so it's been yeah, it was pretty cool, pretty cool guys. You know, everyone says you get your black belt off and say Mauricio Gomez. It's, uh, yeah, it's not yeah. a bad thing to say. But I've got to yeah. give, I've got to give Ben a lot of props because he's been such a real good guy. And I'm you know Mike, I'm part of the Gordo Europe team representing him. Um, and he, he he's one of those guys. He doesn't do it for the money. He's not in it for that. He's, really looking to, you know, to push Jiu-Jitsu forward and, and take away a lot of the bullshit that he's encountered over the years. You know, with the IBGF, you can't get in and you need belts and you need this and you need stripes. And I know guys who've been black belts for like seven, eight years for conservation of the belt with the IBGF and are starting to get at the bottom of the pile, aren't they? And they're like, I'm really a third degree black belt, mate, you know, in the eyes yeah. of everyone apart from the IBGF. So Ben's took a lot away, a lot of that hassle and sort of taught me that ins and outs then just sort of listen get your belt registered straight away get in the system do this do that so yeah I'm coming up I think I'm going to get my first degree in my black belt in about three months time something like that nice. yeah the 18th so yeah 18th of June so we'll get 15th or 16th of March isn't it today so yeah, yeah. not far off that so then I'll have my first legitimate strike in my life <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you kind of I know that with Ben I mean Ben's obviously Ben Pobbled and everybody knows Ben so but Ben's quite approachable as well. I mean, I was said, uh, you'll come on if you put a, a post on, Ben will jump on and he'll talk to you and things like that. So, um, yeah, he's great yeah. really knowledgeable, you know, about a lot of subjects that he's interested in. He'll tell you if he's not interested in something, doesn't know shit about it. He'll just say, but <laughs> what he is interested in, he's one, of, he's one of those guys. Obviously, he's a funny guy as well. He's got that northern sense of humor that we've got. And uh, he'll go away and read so many books and so many things, and he'll do one of those. He won't form his opinion. He likes to, you know, look at both sides and uh, form the right opinion. And, and he is knowledgeable, you know, about stuff. And he's got a really good game as well. And he's got himself fit. He had a bad back injury and stuff. He's like that. He's got himself in really good shape at the moment. And he's, you know, he's, um, you know, I think he's enjoying himself being back on the mats as well. Yeah. He's been back over in the UK, which is weird. He normally spends a lot of time in Tenerife, but he's been back over in the UK for quite a lot of lockdown. But I, I speak to him. Regularly, you know, speaking sort of, and I mean, we've got a little group going in on on, uh, on Facebook as well, and we're like, you know, that's pretty much every every two three days or something, someone's talking about something. Especially, it's kind of a little bit quiet, obviously, with lockdown thing, but I think there's been a lot of good advice given between the guys as well. It's just all the black belts who are in it who are affiliated, and um, I think you know, people have helped people out with like the grants and what they can and can't do. The kids' classes, yeah, is when you can come back social distancing, so. Everyone's helping each other out, which is, you know, it's crazy times, isn't it? So it's good to see people sticking together. Yeah. Doing it like that. That's good. I like, I like to hear that. I mean, as I say, that's uh, something that uh, doesn't happen a lot. I mean, as I say, you guys have got the group, so you're able to help each other. But as I say, there's been some black belt coaches and gyms and stuff like that that haven't had the benefit of being part of um, a part of that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, some of the stuff I've heard they've been coming out with from the UK because obviously I've not really had much to do with that or had to do, you know, some of the things. Some people have had some absolute nightmares by the sound of it. And it seems to be as well, like, different councils. Like, some of the guys said, yeah, I've got my grant, I've got this through, I've got this, this grant through. They're helping me out with this furlough thing. They're doing that. And then other guys have been from different parts of the country and their councils are just, like, they're just giving me nothing. I'm getting absolutely zero. You know, you've got to feel for those guys. And, you know, the people have been struggling really you know and landlords you know I, I do get the side because i've got a few mates who are landlords and stuff like that and they're like you know, well how do you want me to pay my mortgage i'm not getting a mortgage break I'm yeah 
listen, that they're commercial businesses themselves. They've got to be paid. And these guys say, my landlord's not helping me out. So you can see both sides of it and everything. And then everyone's complaining about the government that's gone helped out. And then, you know, they're all right awarding these big contracts for the mates, aren't they? But then the, the little guy at the bottom of the pile gets screwed all the time, don't you? So it's, yeah, yeah. It's been tough for a lot of people. I've, I've felt for a lot of people. And, I've, you know, I've seen some heartbreaking posts on social media. And there's, you know, you look at these guys, they spend decades building businesses up, not just in jiu-jitsu and everything. And, yeah, and, yeah. You just see them going to the wall and they've just got nowhere to turn. I know, I know guys who are earning 50 grand a year and they're on universal credit now. And it's, it's absolutely yeah. madness, isn't it? Madness. No. It is. I mean, my, my, my own coach is Marcus Nardini. Um, and obviously he has the gym in Glasgow. Oh, yeah, and yeah. yeah, so he's got the gym in Glasgow. And again, he was in a position where the landlord still wanted his rent. Um, so he had to pay the rent. He's obviously got all his uh, other charges on top of that. Um, the tax man, obviously the, the, the UK, the HMRC, they delayed the money yeah. until such and such a day. I think it's like this. I think it's coming up in April. He's got to then start paying. I think they gave up sixty days, didn't yeah. they? Something that's it, you know. But you still got to pay, pay your dues. Don't you? Yes, they, they always want paying those guys. Yeah. So and, and Marcos, uh, I mean, a lot of the gym owners did. What happened in the UK was when the first lockdown came, they were told, right, you need to change the gym to make it um, COVID friendly. So you had to have obviously the 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 the, the hand creams or the hand stuff. You had to do the thermometer. You had to. The, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could. You had to close off the showers and changing room. You had to put dividers up, and so a lot of the gym owners did that. I mean, they got the first grant, they did all that, and then obviously they opened up for a couple of months and then shut them all down again. And then so gym owners are thinking, well, you told me to get all this stuff, we got it. There's been no issues, and then now we're getting closed down. Spent our money on it. Yeah. Yeah, and the money they're getting for the grant. To spending on this, aren't they? Instead of like, you know, and then people, well, who's paying me? Where, where's my wages? Yeah, yeah. Where's this? So, I think the self-employed have been terribly treated, you know, by you know, full full stop. You know, like I said, even the grapple fest, I got zero financial help for it, despite paying, you know, tax and everything's right. It's a limited company; you should be there. But anyone who worked for me could have claimed furlough, but me as a company director didn't get anything. Yeah. Like that. You just didn't how does that work? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been... So I feel, I, do, I feel for everyone who's self-employed. And I think there's yeah. been a bit of a divide on there. People, people who've been working and, and been furloughed, it's, it's like divided the country. So many, we've had so many divides, haven't we, on stuff in there. But, you know, as a, someone who's been self-employed pretty much all their life, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been pretty tough. And obviously now the UK's uh, left Europe, I've, got, I've had to change a lot of stuff over now because it, it's not great for me because I can be taxed in, in the UK and in Spain now, because yeah. whereas when we're in the European Union, it's easy to just do the same thing, you could work and run everything the same, so around, so I'm just about getting around there to do all the paperwork with that as well, so yeah, that's been a massive pain in the ass as well, so uh, hopefully we get in there, hopefully we get in there. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the UK, um, England's, I think, April 12th, uh, Scotland, we're two weeks behind, so we're April 26th. Um, I think Ireland, uh, not Ireland, sorry, oh, Wales. Yeah, are, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's around about uh, April the 17th. So I think it's England, Wales, Scotland, and then I think Northern Ireland. Um, I don't know if they're open earlier or later, um, but yeah, as I said, hopefully that April 
and then they're talking about full yeah. contact in June, July time. So, um, which is good. June twenty first, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, June yeah. twenty first. So that's why I think Polaris have gone for July. I've looked at a couple of dates for July as well. Nothing set in stone yet. The biggest issue I've got with Grapple Fest and thinking on that is basically the flights from because obviously to bring the big names in, even the, the you know the Australians, the the, the uh, guys from America and, and Brazil, pretty much all reside. It's international flights and there's yeah. no thing it says in June that basically the world's going to open up in July. In July, it's all going to be open, but is it? <laughs> that's that's the thing. Yeah. I'm like, do I go ahead and? And a load of money, book this, start booking flights, start booking out, start doing all this, and then they say no, it, it's done. So I'm, I've already got a September date and a November date in the calendar as well. Whether I go ahead in July or whether I leave it till September, I'm not 100 percent sure yet. I'm basically just going to give it four to six weeks and just see how things pan out. Um, and April the 12th when the pubs open, if everyone goes mental in England and it <laughs> get it going crazy, but I, I think we've. There's got to be some light at the end of the tunnel now. I think they've got, they've, vaccinated, they've vaccinated over 25 million people, which is, you know, the seventh was 65 million in the UK. So there's yeah. got to be some light at the end of the tunnel now. It can't carry on. It's got to, you know, I, I think we're getting there. I think we're getting there. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully, fingers crossed, July. If not, we're looking at September and November. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at the uh, some of the stats for, certainly Scotland. I mean, our cases, and I, I think in England as well, but Scotland's cases are down... Uh, more than half of what they were in January. So, so yeah, basically, yeah, right down, huh? yeah. So, in England, as I say, I don't know if England's that high, but England is their cases are coming right down as well. Um, so it's looking good so far. Yeah, I think there was like a, a bit of a rise, wasn't there, after the Christmas sort of thing? And I think people obviously did meet up for Christmas, yeah, you know, and, and, and rightly so, I think, by then. Uh, but then, let's face it, it's pretty much the time of year everyone does get flu anyway, don't they? You know, do you remember going to the Europeans in January and everyone used to come home ill? Everybody used to get in <laughs> with the cold or the flu, didn't they? Every 4, year. People in, in a tiny place. And every year, everyone, I ended up getting ill whenever I went there. Uh, so it's that time of year is it's flu season, isn't it? And, you know, I'm not here to get into the debates of is COVID flu or whatever. Or I'm, not, I'm not qualified to be talking about yeah. that in the slightest. But, it's the season where you get viral infections. Yeah. yeah, viral infections are right. Hopefully, we're coming out of the snow and the cold weather, and you know there's a bit of sun. You know we've been okay. We've been having decent days over here at the moment. It's nice and warm. So the numbers here are going down. The numbers in the UK seem to be going down. You know there's people seem to be getting. Italy, I've heard, seems to be going a little bit bad again. But I'll be honest with you, I stay off the mainstream. Yeah, I'm uh, probably getting some of the information second hand, but I have yeah. some I have some things popping up like there, but cases going right down. So there's got to be light at the end of the tunnel, man. There's got to be. Yeah, definitely. Fingers crossed. Um, so obviously talking about Grapple Fest. So obviously Grapple Fest. How did how did that come about for you then? Because I know you mentioned about you you've always been into kind of the no gi grappling submission only. So I mean, how did uh, Grapple Fest come about? It came about really because I was a fan of the likes of um, you know Polaris and Fights and Wins. And I used to watch, watch those shows. I liked them. I, I much prefer the Nogi aspect of it. Always loved ADCC. It's always been my favourite tournament. So I did a show called Tanko. Uh, I competed on that. I think it was uh, 2016 or something like that. Maybe 2017. 2016, I think it was. 
Um, it was really good, and it was you know really nice, and they put a big you know like a lawyer, a bit like Meta Morris was on a race platform, big crowd. It was in Manchester, um, and it did really well, really good event. But then I think I don't know what happened with Tanko. It seemed to fold, and I'm not really sure what happened with it. But ever since then, I just thought there is room for something like this in the north of England. Polaris was always down south, and did a lot of key matches and things like that. And I just thought there is room for it to do. What I what I like, what I you know, what I personally like. Um, I wasn't really thinking too much about what will the public want because the opinions are divided all the time. So if you spend your time worrying about what what everyone else wants, like you'll never you'll never get anywhere. I thought, well, this is what I like. Is you know, me, me and Darren running together. It's fifty fifty. Um, I, I'm sort of the face that really is more in the background, but he prefers it that way. And just shoves me at the front, so <laughs> I do I do all the talking and stuff. Um, and we just we we, we just decided to, let's showcase our style of grappling. It's all submissions. You've got neck cranks, you've got heel hooks, twisters. You can do any of that. Um, it, it is judged because obviously I, I'm not a fan of having draws because I've been in matches myself like that, ten minute matches where you get started getting the better of somebody. And if they're pretty good as well, if they shell up in a ball or just go defensive, even though you're all over them positionally, yeah, you can end up drawing. And like that's not the story of the match. Um, oh, God, I've just had a battery low on my ear, on my ear, on my ear thing. Then we <laughs> <laughs> might have to be a little bit quicker. Um, sorry about that. Fully charged them as well, so I don't know if they've been drained. Um, it's the first time we've used them. Though. So yeah, that was the plan. We just decided to uh, to push it. You know, like that. Let's push it forward. Let's do our, our style. Let's see how it works out. The first show we put on was like an all UK show. It was really good, really well received. Everyone loved it. Everyone liked the real set. Everyone, you know, liked the crowd, the venue. We wanted it like a, it's a cliche. I always say it wanted to be like I wanted to be loud and noisy. Indoors and everyone had a drink. It's, it's like the darts rather than the snooker. I didn't want that quiet atmosphere. Yeah. You know, like that. Um, and it did really well. Um, so the second event, we just thought, right, let's go balls to the wall. I sort of knew, I knew Craig Jones. So I got in touch with him, said, listen, will you do a match for us? Blah, blah, blah. And he said, yeah, I'd love to. And I started scouting around trying to get, get in my opponent. Um, and then when I was looking around to get someone, I just thought, well, what about Matthias Diniz? You know, they were, they were you know, two of the top guys. So I just got in touch with him, went for it, and he said, yeah. And, you know, that was it. Then we, we sort of... Um, sort of things really took off for us and that's when Flow Grappling got in touch and they said, listen, you look like you're putting a good event on, we've got this match, we might be interested in doing a deal, do you want to chat to us? And I was like, yeah, 100%. So we sat down at a little meeting with them um, on the uh, Skype thing, managed to thrash a deal out, got a contract with them. There's a, there's a few things, you know, where we had to produce shows, we had to have certain, you know, levels of people who were in their rankings. So, you know, we have to keep the, how do you say, the standard up, the standard high. And yeah, yeah. And that was it. And then we just sort of grew from there, really. Just grew it up, yeah. From 2017 was the idea. And got the first show out in 2018. And then you know, here we are sort of three years later. And it's, uh, it's huge. Obviously, we managed, to get, we managed to get two shows on last year. We managed to get the February one. And then we got the closed door one in July, which we had some fantastic matches on. Ian Tierney was an amazing main event. But I hated it personally because... It just wasn't what I, I'm used to the crowd and the atmosphere yeah. and everything. It's like it's just not the same. So we decided to wait. Let's wait until we can get the crowd back. So yeah, that's that's where we are now. Yeah, I mean that's one thing you notice about uh, uh, Grapple Fest is the 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 crowd is right on the mat. 
do you know what I mean? Because obviously you've got the, the kind of booths at the yeah, side. Yeah. So it's very different from, let's say, like a Polaris or, as you mentioned, Meta Morris or any other one where it's maybe a raised platform and you, people, they're not as close to the, do you know what I mean? Like, it's the same with the, what was the one I watched the other day? The Quintet. The, 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 is it the Japanese yeah. one? And it was in Japan. It was very quiet. Yeah, yeah. Very, very quiet. I mean, no noise, no atmosphere at all, but Japanese, I look, at, look, look at pride. The pride in the MMA that was you know, really quiet yeah. and occasionally all used to clap. Yeah. We didn't want that. Like I say, we've got the booth at the side, the standing on one area, and the other one is like a big L around the back, which is balconies and booths and everything. They're looking down on you. It's very gladiatorial. It's very, yeah. you know, that, that was the effect that we wanted. I've seen a couple of big names, but really nervous and sort of it's affected them. You know, yeah. The guys who I think, you know, support compete at the highest level in the world. And I'm, it's a little bit different. You go to the worlds, don't you? The 16 mats going on. You don't yeah. really, that, apart from the finals, no one's too bothered about your matches, are they? You're just sort of cracking on. This is yeah. one match. There's six, seven, 800 people all watching you, staring at you. It's all there, the noise there, the, the DJ booming, the music, the music playing all the way through, the crowds cheering, everyone's out yeah. there drinking. I've seen a few people get really, really nervous and then it affects a few people. But then I've also seen people absolutely thrive off it and just, you know, yeah. people like Craig and a, a few of the other the big names have said to us, it is the best place, the best platform. It's so good every time and never fails. The crowd's huge. When I mean, people like that, guys at the top level are giving those compliments, it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, you've created something a little bit different, and a lot of the messages we get from the Americans are just like, "Yeah, Ben, it's so fucking cool. Like, yeah, it's so fucking cool, man. You know, they're all they, just, they, just, they love it. You know, it's just crazy. They can't believe that we're having a we have a show in a nightclub. They're like, well, what? <laughs> they can't get their head around it. No, I see. Is that it's been absolutely awesome. As I've been watching uh, everyone, um, and it's always been brilliant. Obviously, we've seen a, a couple of Scottish guys. I mean, oh, that, brilliant, thank you. yeah. I mean, that takes us on to one of, a couple of questions. So they're saying, who are the next guys in line for the 70-kilo belt? And they want to know anybody from Scotland. Now, there has been somebody mentioned from Scotland, Craig McIntosh, Mop. Um, so, yeah, Craig's done great. He's had some great matches on there. He, he probably won't be on for the belt, but he's bringing himself up the rankings, definitely. That, that was the whole plan. The plan was to listen to make some superstars for us. Um, at the moment, our sort of belt holders, Kate Rutulo, he's there. The next guy in line with him is, you know, I, I don't want to say it yet because we've had, you know, we've had a conversation about the thing, but it's someone who's in the top five ranked, world ranked with flow grappling. Um, so it's, it's a high, high level opponent. But the plan is you keep winning matches, you keep beating people, you keep coming through, you get on the main cards, you get higher and higher. This is the plan in the end. We want our guys in the, you know, you look at Ash Williams, he's had his wins on Polaris, Grapple Fest, and that. he's pushed himself up. He fought, you know, for the belt last time. Lost, lost to K, but he's had some good wins on Polaris. He is now in the top five flow grappling rankings. I think he's you know, one of the first, you know, sort of UK guys yeah. you know, to get there uh, in there. I don't know if Tom Halpin's in there, actually, but this is the plan to get those guys up there, and we're raising that level for them because obviously, you know, they, they, they face their, their rankings off, off, you know, off super bikes, really, and, and big tournament wins yeah so this is the plan but yeah craig definitely a guy we'll bring back on the show he's a, he's a great guy always have a chat with him always have a laugh with him and yeah. uh, he's actually you know had some good he got a big win on the on the last show and uh, you know he's, he's looking good all the guys from scotland have been great who've come on so far and, and you know what they've been 
really easy to deal with as well. Good, good guys, but a lot of the guys in the I've come across a couple of dickheads, but it's it's few yeah. and far between. You know what I mean? Most of the guys are really down to work. Yeah, a lot of them just want a shot on the show. At, you know, purple belt, brown belt. Look, I'm, I'm just on the. Um, I don't really like to call it the, the you know the prelims or anything like that. We just split the card in half and make you know the main card. But what if you get yourself on the main card, you you, you fight someone. Good. Yeah. So push yourself up. But yeah, Craig will definitely be back. Definitely. They're brilliant. And then what about uh... and, and and your coach? You know, we'll have uh, Marcus. We'll definitely bring Marcus. Yeah, listen, Marcos. Marcos. Um, Marcos loved it. I mean, obviously he came down and um, absolutely loved it. Um, I, I didn't go well for him that night, but I mean, it, it's it's took a very tough fight. It took a very tough fight again and against someone who's probably not suited to his style as much. But he, you know, he loved it. He's a great guy, really respectful. So yeah, I'd love to get him back on as well. We spoke definitely. last time about before the show. We were. Um, before we were going to, you know, the one we were going to do with Gordon Ryan and stuff like that, well, I spoke to him about getting on that one, to be honest with you, but it obviously just, that all fell apart with COVID. It was supposed to be in May, so that one was a, that one killed me when it, that one that one got squashed, but it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one, especially Gordon Ryan, big name, as I say, that's one I'm pretty sure, obviously, you'll get the chance to get him back over again, so, um, and definitely get a show with him. Yeah, I mean, I'm in contact with his, with his team, in contact with his team and his management team. One thing that lockdowns afforded me, I literally, in the first sort of three, four months that we had, especially when I was stuck in, in the house and couldn't go anywhere, I just got on the phone and on the laptop and I just spoke to all the top guys in the world. They all knew about us now as well. They all know about yeah. us. It, it wasn't like I was, you know, the first, you know, one, two, three, when I was on to introduce us and jump and push. They all knew about us. And pretty much every single one of them said, yeah, let's try and do something because... Obviously, their schedules have been, you know, killed in heart. They've, they've got the, they lost all the seminars. They lost all the super yeah. There's no tournaments going on. So those guys are bored as well. So I managed to make some good contacts. So it's one of the good things for Grapple Fest that came out of it. I managed to have a good chat with all these people. So yeah, it's uh, we should have Gordon back. I'm really confident of bringing him back at some point this year. Um, it's just with his schedule. You know, you know what he's like. Yeah, he's a. Uh... He's a busy guy, very, very busy guy. Everybody wants him. Everybody's in <laughs> big demand. Yeah. So, um, um, demand, yeah. want big money <laughs> as well. So, <laughs> we've got to come up with that. <laughs> um, so, obviously, big things. <laughs> yeah, so big things coming from Grapple Fest. So, obviously, again, you guys are quite. Uh, you're on, you're on social media, so obviously anything that comes up social media-wise, uh, any events and stuff like that, you always find it on the Grapple Fest um, kind of Facebook page. And uh, Chris obviously keeps up to date on the underground as well, so everything will be updated on that. So, so yeah, looking forward to definitely a lot of good events coming. Um, fingers crossed, as I say, we get out of this lockdown and we get, get everything back up and running, so... I'm, I'm really hoping we have a good second half of the year. Really hoping for it. You know, like I said, the ABCC trails are scheduled for September as well, aren't they? In Poland, the European ones. Yeah. People have got that to look forward to. You know, it's uh, it's really, you know, it, it, it's um, yeah, just really hoping get everything everything back together, everything of course, and get going. Yeah. We'll keep everything up to date. Like I said, Instagram, Facebook, we're always on those all the time. Posting. Yeah. And then for you, Chris, what's uh? What's your kind of personal goals? What's your vision for yourself? 
I'm really enjoying coaching at the moment. Obviously, I've been I've coached for a long time now, but I'm really sort of getting still there. Thought I lost you, set man. Yeah, yeah, um, still here. Yeah, yeah, I'm really enjoying the coaching. I sort of coach every day over here. Now, yeah, uh, five six days a week. Um, I just enjoy being on the mats. Now, like I say, when you're older and if I can get injury free and train, I do want to compete. The only one I sort of haven't really got is um, I haven't got a big IBGF title at Black Belt, so I'd like to try and get a, an OB title with that. Yeah. And the biggest one that I want to win is the, the ADCC Masters should have been in November last year, the first one they were going to do, the World Masters. Um, they were going to do that in Poland last year mm-hmm. in November. That got, that got cancelled, so I'm hoping that's going to be on at the back end of the year as well. So that's, that'll be my goal if I can get into that one and, uh, and try and win that. So they're the only two things competition-wise for me. But well, I do like competing. Any super fights you can get her in. Anything like that. As long as it's a fair one, I always say, listen, just give me anyone. Yeah. Over around 90 kilos, who's over 40, and I'll fight anybody. I mean, I fought loads of guys who are in the 20s and stuff like that. But if I'm getting any, any big fights or anything like that, it's hard and hard to get older. But, it's, <laughs> but yeah, I just every day's a good day. If I can get on the mat and train with the guys, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Mate. Mm. Nice one, nice one. And then uh, for you, anybody, it's been a long a long journey for you, as I said, and it's going to be an even longer one going forward. But anybody that you want to kind of thank for your journey, so any kind of, whether it be sponsors or training partners, coaches, or anybody like that? Yeah, obviously my teammates, W, Darren Morris. I know everyone says it about the coach, but he literally is the best grappling brain of the best sort of grappler ever come through. I can't even pass his guard. <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Never come at any level. People say, oh, yeah, have you ever tapped <laughs> Coach, I'm like, mate, I can't even pass his guard. <laughs> so, doesn't, uh, that, that doesn't even matter. Um, he, he's been amazing. You know, A's told me all the lads have been amazing all over the days. Kids have Liverpool got guys that will reign in Haref and Gibraltar and things like that. So, one of the guys I'm teaching at the at, uh, Louis Barnett in Malaga uh, over there. Everyone's been great. That's been great. You know, few sponsors over the years. It's been really good. Rapid sponsors have been great. We've lost a couple because of due to, due to the pandemic. Been a few, few people have struggled. So, we're, you know, if anyone's interested in any sponsorship for the show, then yeah, I'm going to be looking for that as well for the next few months. Um, but yeah, it's, and then basically just everyone who's ever got on the map with me and trained with me, and you know, guys who come in when I was doing competitions, who got up at six a.m. and got in and trained with me and things like that. And you don't forget those people. You know what I mean? And, Everyone who's come and done some sessions, you know, even there's some guys who quit, you know, but they were there for two or three years and they were mad with me all the time. And, you know, you just got to thank those guys for, for getting on with it. But you'll know yourself when you've been around a bit, faces change, it goes in cycles. Very rare. Yeah. There's only a few of us, isn't there, who are just around forever. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. And like I said, I'm 15 years in now. Um, I'm open. And to still, the goal is just to still be on the mats in another 15 years. And if I can do that, then I think I've done all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We always laugh. I mean, we've, there's, a, there's quite a few of us in, in the gym I train at that are, that are over 40 year old. And the young guns, all these young 20 year olds, um, uh, always come up and give us a hard time and saying, oh, listen, we can smash you, old man. And we just laugh and say, well, listen, if you're still doing this at 40 year old, then. Good on you. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's a great show. A great show. Unfortunately for me, there's no hardly anyone else who's over four years old. Everyone's, everyone seems to be young. You know what I mean? So there's a few few guys that are training, but oh yeah, they're coming from. Fortunately, the experience is still carrying me there. But you know, you can feel it. I can have a still up when I'm on the mat. I feel great. The cardio's great. I can do ten rounds firing. Do that. But they bounce out of bed the next day. I don't. 
I get up and I shuffle to the toilet. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, that that's the uh, that's the difference. Is the recovery is the difference. 100% the recovery. Yeah, definitely. And then final thing for you then. Um, we always love uh, whenever I've got a black belt, we chat with a black belt. We always like to try and get a little bit of black belt wisdom. Um, so yeah, anything that you can pass on. To obviously the 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 people that are watching, any black belt wisdom? Literally, for me, mate, is be consistent. Like, just get on the mat as much as you can. We've, everyone's got jobs, lives, you know, and bills to pay and stuff like that. Get all that. But I think out of seven days, most gyms are open seven days. These aren't. They have open mats on the weekends and stuff. If you can get in three or four times a week, you're gonna get good. It's like it's like the old. Chris Houser one, isn't it? You know, it's not about who's good, it's about who's left. And it's gonna, yeah. I, I wasn't, you know, one that person. I think people think, oh, yeah, you know, so I want to do this. I didn't pick it up from day one. It just it took a lot of graft for me to, to get at any sort of decent level. And it was literally, I was the guy who went five, six times a week, every single week. And that, that, that's the only thing there is. It's literally get there. It's, it's like anything, isn't it? We all played football when we were kids. There's only like 1% when I'm played in the Premier Leagues or anything like that wasn't probably less, isn't it? But we all play yeah. football, so you're only going to be as good as you're going to be. You're not all going to be adult world champions, but you can become. It's one of those sports. You're going to have something, some attribute that you can use. Do you know what I mean? So as long as you can identify that and turn up and train all the time. If you only turn up once a month, then don't be disheartened if you're getting smashed by the guys who you were smashing a few years ago. Yeah. They've been training four or five times a week. Just be consistent. That is it. That's, that's, that's all I can say to people, honestly. Is there, there's no secret. Like anything like this, there's no secret. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so no, listen, thank you very much for that. As I said, it's uh, an absolute pleasure to talk to you. As I said, obviously, I've seen you a couple of times yeah. at different competitions and obviously watching Grapple Fest and things like that. And um, having you on Facebook, obviously, I get to see, obviously, you, the things that you do um, and so on, anything that you post. So it's, it's always an honour. To, to, to see you, Chris. So, uh, looking forward to seeing Grapple Fest. What comes at Grapple Fest? Um, as Chris mentioned, Facebook page, Instagram page. Um, there's always updates whenever any shows are mentioned. Uh, as he said as well, just keep training, keep going out, winning, winning competitions, winning matches, and I'm pretty sure Chris will give someone a call at some point, um, yeah, depending on how well you get. If you're doing well and you're winning, we'll have you. I'll have my eye on you. I've got my eye on the regional circuit, national circuit. I've got my eyes on a few things. I've got my finger. You know, I'm always looking out for the next, the next guy. So just keep training, keep going. Just as you said, mate. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you very much for having me on, dude. Definitely. Listen, it's been an honour. Um, and yeah, we'll see you soon, Chris. Thank you again. Cheers, bro. Thanks, thanks, dude. See you, mate. <laughs>